More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Another week comes to a close with all of yesterday's national optimism drained away thanks to a lacklustre England performance against Belgium who said it was only a game of football. We shall attempt to restore the feel-good factor here on the Independent Republic. Daisy McAndrew is here with me. We're bringing you a new theory about how Stonehenge was built and why eating raw meat could actually be good for you. First, though, a slightly darker and more difficult subject. Should the UK have been involved in the rendition and torture of 598 suspects in the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 attacks? For me, it's not a straightforward yes or no answer, but two separate parliamentary reports have called the conduct of spy chiefs and British ministers inexcusable. We'll be talking to former Ambassador Craig Murray, who's a historian now and a human rights activist. 0344 499 1000. Coming up later on, we'll be finding out why cash machines are disappearing from our streets and why there's another of lawsuits involving Ed Sheeran and Marvin Gaye. The Grammy Award winning producer Steve Lillywhite will explain 0344 499 1000 and since it's Friday, time for another sparking edition of the Perrier Awards, the weekly homage to my brilliance in broadcasting. You're listening to me, Mike Graham and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Very good morning to you, Ms. McAndrew. Good morning. I like that. A weekly homage. <laughs> from me, about me, to yes. me, with love well, from me. Well, actually, it's not from me, though. It's from everybody else who works on the show who likes to say how great the week has been. And that's kind of how it works, you know. And you get the chance to take uh, the mickey out of me at every possible opportunity. Well, and I, I'm sure I, I get that chance a lot. You do, actually. Yes, it's very true. Now, uh, before we get to a rather difficult and dark subject, which is the torture and rendition of people involved in terrorist activity, let's talk a little bit about the feel-good factor. Because I, as I believe I said to Julie, Hartley Brewer. It's gone. It's completely disappeared. It'll come back. You think? It'll come back. And they lose if, on Tuesday. Well, That's lose, it. Well, of course, but if they lose on Tuesday, we're out of the World Cup. The feel-good factor is totally irrelevant yeah. at that point. I retweeted a Rodney Marsh tweet, who, for those people who don't remember him, was a very famous England footballer. Yeah. Played for QPR, played for Manchester City. Um, a great guy as well. He tweeted, you know, forget about the result last night. It doesn't matter. The World Cup starts on Tuesday. And yes. I added a bit on at the end that said it might also end on Tuesday because if England do lose, that's the end. That's it. Yes, exactly. But let's not forget, we have got through the group stages. You know, we didn't know we were going to do that. And of course, it would have been great to have got through with a lovely win last night. The yeah. game was really boring. Um, and so it was you know, like you, watching paint dry. In yeah. fact, Channel 4 put out a great tweet in the middle of it saying, you know, for those people who are getting a bit bored watching the football, uh, we've got grand designs over on Channel <laughs> 4 Plus One where you actually can watch paint dry <laughs> if you wish. It was very clever. That is very good. But I do understand that he wanted to, you know, give the other guys you know a chance uh-huh. to play i get that they are all really young they get being out you know actually playing is going to be very different from sitting yeah. and it'll it yes, will, and, edu- it will and, educate and sure... them about the pressures and what it really yeah. feels and like. i'm sure that there are arguments on both sides it's just that all i know is watching it last night i felt much more deflated uh, about the whole scenario than I did before the game began. I did as well, because, of course, beforehand, there was all this talk about, you know, should we play the game cynically and almost try to lose? And, and I was dead against that and thought... Because you know, that was England in- have been so good at that in the past. Well, exactly. And I thought, well, that would be basically immoral. 
And I don't think we were trying to lose oh, yesterday. No. No, I, I don't think, think we so. just lost. No, and I, I really don't believe that that's what what teams go out to do. I mean, there have been no. cases in the past where teams have gone out to sort of not lose and not win, but draw. Yeah. And that's fair enough. But we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on, because the, 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 the big story this morning that I think we have to begin with, really, uh, is all of these reports. And, and uh, uh, the, I think Dominic Grieve was the man yesterday who was yeah. uh, sort of having a press conference talking about this, uh, this particular parliamentary report in which ministers of the and indeed uh, chiefs of, of things like MI6 have been uh, have been accused of having inexcusable actions uh, in terms of uh, cooperating, I suppose, with the Americans and allowing the Americans to dictate terms and telling us what we should be doing yeah. in terms of moving people around the globe, often to be tortured. Um, and the big question is, is, is torture ever um, uh, sort of acceptable? And I think it's very, very difficult to just answer that as a yes or a no. But let's talk to Craig Murray, uh, who's an historian and a human rights activist, former ambassador to Uzbekistan as well. Craig, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. It's a very complicated story, this. I mean, you may be one of those, and there are many, who say, well, it's not at all complicated. We just should never be involved in, in rendition and or torture uh, for, for any purpose whatsoever. But I'm not so sure you can really be that black and white, can you? Um, well, I think the most important thing in answering that question is to, to understand that torture doesn't give you the truth. Under torture, everybody breaks under extreme torture. And under torture, what people will say is whatever the torturer wants to hear in order to stop the torture. So people will will say uh, you know, anything uh, yeah. to make the pain stop. It's not, it's not a way to get the truth. It's a way to get what you want to hear. And that's not necessarily the same thing. But Craig, isn't it the case that sometimes if, I mean, yes, of course, if you're saying to somebody, you know, admit you're a terrorist, admit you're a terrorist, they might finally say, yes, I am just to get the pain to stop. But sometimes, you know, the authorities are trying to elicit specific information about specific, you know, other terrorists or, uh, you know, uh, uh, plots that are being that are being planned at the moment. And, it, and sometimes it's provable that the information was useful. And sometimes, of course, it's just that they're just saying anything to get you know, to stop the situation. It's never been proven that the information has been useful. The, the mm. ticking bomb scenario is a Hollywood plot, <laughs> not the real world of intelligence. The trouble with intelligence, particularly human intelligence, is there's always too much of it. You're, you're always going through huge numbers of leads and stories and trying to work out what's true and what's not true. Mm. Uh, you're searching for a needle in the haystack. To torture lots of people to tell you things is basically adding more hay to the haystack. It, it's not, not a good way of, of getting definite truth. I suppose there's one argument that could be made, though, which uh, which is the threat of torture is maybe one way of getting at the truth. If, for example, uh, you are a terrorist suspect and you are brought to a place with a bag over your head and you're told that you're going to be tortured, there's a pretty good possibility you might actually say something before you get tortured, which might be true. It might be true. It might not. <laughs> you, it, it, it's a very yeah, but I mean, it's, it's surely better. It's surely better to collect the information, though, than, than to collect nothing at all. Uh, no, there, there are many other more effective ways of interrogating people. Um, you know, interrogation is an art, um, uh, and, and which uh, people in the security services are trained in and, and, and actually quite quite good at. Yes, and um, that's what I'm, I'm saying. In a way, in a way, sorry, Craig, I'm saying that you know the, the, the threat of torture might actually be more effective than the torture itself, in that sense. Well, the threat of torture will, like torture itself, get the person to say anything that he thinks may avert the threat of torture. That's not necessarily going to be the truth. No. It, it'll come out with anything okay. uh, that, that will, on, on the spur of the moment, stop you yeah. from torturing him. Well, what about... It's not necessarily going to be the truth. No, but what about other methods, then? I mean, how do you know that they're any better? 
Um, well, uh, you know, intelligence is a an intelligence collection is a is an art. By and large, what you the, you know the best techniques involve trying to win round the person to your point of view over time. Yeah, but they could also and be lying in that, in that scenario as well, couldn't they? Yeah, that's true. There, there, there's no. Death, um, you know, human intelligence, gaining information from human beings, uh, is, is an art, not a yeah. science. I mean, some uh, of the things... And, that... uh, and in any circumstances, uh, you know, you have to very carefully analyse uh, the worth and value of the information you've obtained. Yeah. But, but acting illegally ourselves and causing, uh, you know, in many places, there, there are plenty of examples of uh, entirely innocent people being subject to extraordinary rendition and torture, and that makes ourselves objects of hate mm. for, for doing bad things. And making ourselves objects of hate is logically not the way to stop terrorism. No, true. But, I mean, if we knew how to stop terrorism, we'd have stopped it by now, and unfortunately we don't yet know how to stop it because, of course, 9-11 happened supposedly because we'd become objects of hate without realising it um, because we didn't think we'd actually done anything terrible. And I think... That, that's one of, the, one of the statements that I've read about these reports, which says that while it was obviously wrong what was done, it was kind of understandable in that kind of Tony Blair post 9-11 world where everyone really didn't know what was happening and the whole world had changed. Suddenly the two, two of the biggest buildings in the world had fallen down because they'd been attacked by, by two uh, groups of terrorists in two separate planes um, who had hatched such an incredible and, and sort of breathtaking plot that nobody quite knew how to respond. Uh, it was um, um, quite an astonishing yeah. uh, and dreadful uh, attack, and there was a, a great deal to be learned for it. Yeah. One of the things to be learned from it um, was that the uh, intelligence services had been very foolish in helping found and fund al-Qaeda to use against the Soviet Union in the first place right. in, in Afghanistan. Another thing um, to be learned from it is that to respond by you know a 12 year occupation of afghanistan and an invasion of iraq which had nothing whatsoever to do with 9-11 uh, was an extremely foolish response yeah uh, you know knee-jerk responses to such things uh, are, are very seldom useful and forgetting our own morals forgetting our own morality and our own ethics is never a good way forward and that's what happened uh, let's go to the phones and talk to graham uh, who's in york hi graham hi Hi. Hey. It's, it's Mike. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Sorry. Someone's played a joke on me. Someone's played a joke on me. Oh, sorry, funny. Mike. My apologies. Well, you know what it's like. Well, I know what yeah, it's exactly. like when somebody calls you by the wrong name. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Hey, good laugh. Good laugh. Yeah, anyway, go on. What's uh, up? Well, morning, Mike and uh, Daisy. Morning. Uh, you okay. want to talk about ATMs? Yeah, I run them. Or I have run them. Oh, have you? Right. What does that mean? When you, what you mean you put the money in and you sort of go and take the money out or whatever? Yes. I, I put the money in. I put the cassettes in. I fill it up. Okay. Uh, sometimes we have secure a secure uh, companies that will come and do it for you. Other times it's your staff. Uh, I guess quite... I mean, presumably danger of being robbed is quite a big danger, isn't it? Ooh, what? Uh, and that's why, yeah. If I could first of all say that the reasons why they're disappearing for people like me yeah. is one, crime. Right. And the police aren't catching them. Mm. Insurance, and the last one is profitability. Right. The uh, the banks might have dropped the charge back to twenty p. What do you think they've dropped the charge to to the operator? Uh, no, I've no idea. About five p. Really? 
So if you're operating this as an independent sort of, is it like a kind of franchise operation so that you you are given a certain number that you can run? Uh, no, no, no. You can run as many as you want. Um, but I mean, what I'm saying is, you're, you the... but you're an independent sort of company as opposed to working for any particular bank, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the bank will put it in free into any premises. You know, you go through the planning process, and the bank will put it in free. Right. But it'll ch- they'll charge you forty or fifty thousand pound to take it out. Mm. Okay. So you reckon that this is all being driven by by financial concerns, in other words? Crime, crime. In North Yorkshire, that, that's the only place I can talk about. Is the criminals are actually ripping them out of buildings? Yeah, I wanted to ask Ron about that because yeah, we talked about the sort of um, you know the fake front and them sucking your card in and having them, yeah. which we've seen on. You know, well, no, it happened to me. I mean, it it happened to me. But actually, I wanted to ask him and never got around to it about you know some of these guys that come with sledgehammers and just take the whole thing out. Yeah. Well, what they did, I mean, Pocklington was a brilliant one in so much as the farmer had actually uh, packed his manatee, which they use a lot of, uh, because it needed mending because he couldn't get it to work. These thieves actually came, I think it was Pocklington, uh, not 100% sure, uh, the thieves actually come, got it working, and then ripped it out of the... Um, Blimey. Out of the premises. So they're quite skilled. <laughs> I, I, these, are, these guys are good. Never, ever think that, the, you know, kind of... So would you uh, say, Mike, because we haven't got a lot of time, would you say then that we're going to see more of the kind of, uh, not so much hole-in-the-wall machines, but the ones that are freestanding in shops because I guess it's harder to rob those? Yeah, but again, it's insurance. You know, kind of, if I said to an insurance company, I want to renew me insurance mm. because... Go, if you go online, you'll see everybody's been uh, robbed, and none, nobody's been caught, to my knowledge. Right. Is the insurance will ask you one question: Have you got an ATM? Yes. Uh, next. You know they will. They do not want to know for all the right reasons. And some of those, I think the ones that I still know about, uh, some of them have got four cassettes in, especially when York Races is on. Right. And it's just about pre- profitable because they empty. Because they empty, yeah. And I suppose a lot... I mean, there's no doubt a lot of people now don't bother using cash because everything's contactless. You can spend your money in a pub contactless. Well, you can go shopping contactless. Well, the other contactless. thing is... Can I say, Mike, can yeah. I just point out another thing? Is uh, counterfeit notes is rife. Really? And the banking system now is just a mess. Mm. For instance, uh, I saw the chairman on uh, Royal Bank of Scotland coming up with all this using post offices and that nonsense. Yeah. It is a nonsense. Yeah. The, the counterfeit notes, that's why we've got the, the new laminated notes. I isn't hate it? those. Yeah, I, don't I really like don't like them. I mean, well, I can take that, money out of them. Go on. That's another reason why the uh, all-in-the-wall machines are not so... Cl- you, every night, you've got to balance them up. And as you, as you quite rightly pointed out, the, uh, the, the notes, the tenors and twenties, very rarely you get fivers. Um, they stick together. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't tell how much money you got in your hand. So, are the, so are the new notes harder for the machines to deal with than the old notes? Well, not only that, the the, the man hours to put. You've got to count them. Just think oh, that in yeah. one cassette, one cassette, there's ten thousand quid. Easy. Yeah. It depends if you have twenties or ten. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. You know, and I can't sweep you off of your feet. You big Ed Sheeran fan by any chance, Daisy? Well, you know that my musical tastes are seriously uncool. I know. So it won't surprise you to say, yes, I like Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Well, this is this is called uh, thinking out loud. Oh no, it's not that. It's let's get it on by Marvin Gaye. Oh, I can't tell the difference. That was smooth. Wasn't that good? Well, we need to talk to Steve Luddywhite, who's, of course, a, a massive, uh, massive record producer of note. Uh, Grammy award-winning, you might say. I'm going to embarrass him by telling uh, you that he, he produced The Pogues, he produced U2, uh, he produced Dave Matthews, he's produced all sorts of people. Steve, welcome. And Many. Very good morning. Oh, hello, Mike. Hi, Daisy. Morning, How are morning. you today? Very well. Now, let's just have a quick listen to a bit more of this. Well, me, uncanny isn't it that's uncanny now steve you've got a much better ear for music than most people i know um it's amazing isn't it that these two songs are so similar yes i i, I think the term is guilty as charged <laughs> um <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a, the, the, the trouble is what happens nowadays is that people will will try and make their songs as close to something that's already been proven to be a hit as possible. Right. And, they, and you know, I think Ed Sheeran, of everybody, he goes as close to the line. You know, I, every, every Ed Sheeran song I ever listen to, I mean, I think it's good, but I always hear the song that they are trying to, that he's... Um, that he's yeah. emulating. Is it almost like you a know, sort of? Al- it, is it almost like a musical algorithm that if you create that, people will like it to such an extent that they won't mm-hmm. be able to stop buying it or downloading it or listening to it? it? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, this is the thing. I come from an era back in the day where, whenever someone thought that their song sounded a little bit like someone else's, you would discard it because it was not cool to sound like someone else. Right. But now. The difference is you, you, you're working on a new song and you think, oh, that sounds a bit like Al Green. And then you go, oh, well, let's just change it a little bit so that, um, you know, so that, it, so that we'll never get sued. 
And what are the legal? Sorry, Steve. What are the the legal sort of ramifications or the you know the laws about these things? It's I said the law is it's something like a, a, um, a two bars. It has to be. I mean, it's it's funny. It's they use very very old fashioned um, old fashioned laws to, to to work out something very very modern. They mm. the, the, the judge will literally sit there and listen to the two songs and go, that sounds exactly the same to me. Well, if they listen, you know. well, they do exactly, that's a very good impression of what I just said, I think, Steve, you'll find. <laughs> but, I mean, what, uh, I mean, what uh, Con, our producer, just did is a simple sort of mishmash and a, a mix of the two songs. Yeah. And they are seamlessly put together because they are, you know, they sound exactly the same. Well, they do. And, and as, as someone who does make music, I'm, I've, I've changed my style of music making because... The thing is, you see, with streaming and everything, you can be in the studio and you can reference any single record in a millisecond. Yeah. So that's what you do. So you reference a song and you go, oh, I love... You see, this is what you can say. You can say, I love the groove of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Let's face it, it's one of the greatest groove records yeah. ever made. Right. So the mo- then you start emulating the same groove and then you sort of emulate the same chords... And all of a sudden, you suddenly realise that it's too close. So at that point, you have to move away again. Yeah. What Ed Sheeran, what Ed Sheeran did, he didn't move away far enough no. from it. What if, I mean, what if he had said, for example, I'm, I'm sampling, which was a word that I used to hear a lot more than I do now. I'm sampling yes. uh, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Would that be OK if he paid some kind of royalty? Yes, you, pay, you then pay a royalty. You have to come up... Um, you, you then have to admit it. You do it. You, you contact the publisher of the original song that you're actually taking. Mm. But this is not publishing. This is actually you're 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 copying the sound of yeah. something, which is, you know. And, and let's face it, as music becomes less and less original, which it, it is, because technology can emulate the past so well that that these problems are not going to go away. This is going to be something that. Um, that will happen a lot. Well, I guess Ed Sheeran can afford to pay the uh, piper if the tune is the sort of one that he has to uh, cough up for. But I'll tell you another problem I want to talk to you about is George Benson, um, because I'm sure oh in the words of, of, of wisdom, uh, you've worked with some very, very unreliable people <laughs> in the rock business, right? <laughs> and uh, there must have been times when they turned up for a session and they couldn't sing. He's getting uh, sort oh. of pelters today because he did a show at the Royal Albert Hall which was meant to be an acoustic set and he couldn't sing because he'd lost his voice. Well, so it yeah, must be awful. It is, it is. I mean, I, I met George Benson only once and he was very, very... Um, he was in another recording studio and I was in- introduced to him at three o'clock in the afternoon and he had a glass of chilled white wine. <laughs> oh, I like was, the sound of him. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he was absolute. He was exactly the smooth talker that you would expect George Benson to be, you know. And look, this is a... It's, but it's, it's pretty naughty it? to, do a, to do a show if you can't actually perform. Yes, it is. I mean, he's 75 years old now and... Um, and to be honest, I, I don't know if if something like that. I don't think something like that immediately happens, like ten minutes before you go on stage. Right. I think he he must have got up that day and thought, I can probably do it, you know. But 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 George Benson is so is is you know. I'm I'm sure he thought that because his ego is such that he hates the bad 
the, the, the bad publicity. Yeah. He hates the bad publicity more than he needs the money. Right. You know, so I'm sure it will all be sorted out. They'll be offered their money back or he'll come back and do another concert. I mean, I'm surprised you know, he didn't sort of just wheel out another singer and just play the guitar because, I mean, that's what people like about George Benson as well is his guitar work. Or just, guitar playing, yeah. or just play a tape and mime. <laughs> oh, well, like, well, a lot of people do that, you know, or, or they do what Dan Morrison does, which is like, it's like have a review. So, so you have all these other singers singing your famous songs and then you come on every fourth song right. and do one yourself. And you sing know. with your back to the audience and be very grumpy. Because yeah, you're too grand to sing your own <laughs> well, songs. He is one of the world's... He is the opposite of George Benson, actually. Van he's the most grumpiest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> the 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. That's right, it's that time again where we cast our ears back over the week of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Katie, of course, isn't here to host the awards, but she, myself and the rest of the awards committee met up last night at Frankie and Benny's to choose the winners and we've come up with some real corkers this week. So let's see who's won a Perry Award this week. Our first winner is a certain Mike Graham, or Graham Mike, as he shall now be called. He wins the Right of Mind Award for Best Memory. Uh, not once did he tell me he ever got tired. Well, I mean, you know, Julia, Julia uh, Hartley Brewer rather was saying that earlier. That... <laughs> Julia Etchingham, she's a newsreader. Julia Etchingham, yeah, it didn't sound like Juliet, did it? I don't know, well, Julia and Juliet quite similar. I mean, you know, I've called you Katie before this, because not I... because you're called Katie, but because I sometimes look at somebody where you sit called Katie. Yes, and sometimes maybe your brain isn't working as well. Well, as my it brain doesn't works. work as well as it used to. There's no, no question about that. Not after a heavy night out. Indeed. Now, moving on, Bob yes. Seeley, the Tory MP for the Isle of Wight, nah. wins a Perrier this week. He wins the Plagiarism Award for stealing Katy Perrier's favourite catchphrase. Do you want me to make an argument to well, you? Well, I'd like you to answer the question. Listen to you. Well, I'd like you to answer the question. Right, OK. I don't know if you got out of the wrong I mean, side of the bed this morning or something. I don't think it's a particularly difficult no. question to answer. Uh, well, if, if you stop talking for a second, I can answer it. Go ahead. Fantastic. Um, Saudi Arabia, uh, you're talking about Saudi Arabia being fantastically wealthy. Well, it's not as rich as the UK. You're talking about Russia as if it's some superpower. It's got an economy the size of Spain's. So why do we need to bother fighting against them? Right, let, me, let me build an argument before you shoot it down. Okay. Yeah? All right, my friend? <laughs> All right, my friend. My friend. That's like with respect. It's withering. Yeah, with respect when you mean with absolutely no respect respect whatsoever. And and also, you're not my friend. Yeah, you're not my friend. You're my frenemy. Yeah. All right, next category is for the Children's Entertainer of the Week. That goes to caller Nigel for the way he started his call. Let's go to uh, Nigel, who's in Temple Fortune. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Good morning, boys and girls. Morning, boys and it's girls. It's amazing what you don't notice at the time. I don't remember that one. It's <laughs> great. Morning, boys and girls. Now, every week during the Perry Awards, we stress that this show is a bastion for broadcast journalism mm. in this country. Well, of course, that remains the case. And to prove it, listen to this winner for the award for asking the tough questions. Do you think MPs should be employed privately? Then? No, well, I don't. That's don't that's be an idiot, Richard, for heaven's sake. Don't well, be no, an idiot. Because... If you're employed by the listen, if you're happy for the if you're happy for if you're happy for 650 MPs, if you're why you want to keep talking over me, Richard? I do this for a living. You're not going to win that one. You asked me a question. I'm trying to try it. All right, well you didn't answer it. Shall I ask you again? Are you an idiot? No. Thank you. See you later. This is Talk Radio. 
Why are you was, an idiot? Well, I mean, he wanted to answer a question. I thought I'd ask him one which would help him out. Yeah. Are you an idiot? If he'd said yes, that would have been funny. It would have been, yeah. yeah. But he, he said no, we had to end it there. Are you an idiot? Yeah. No. Right, Talk Radio roving reporter Alex Dibble. He's oh, yes. popped up a few times on the show during the He's week. He's been busy this week. He has been a busy boy. Yesterday he was down in Brighton mm. covering the weather. I'm glad to say that as a reporter, is he's maturing with each week. Yes. He wins the Perrier for having his voice break yesterday. Well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your jelly <laughs> I think we deal. just killed Alex I will, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That was because he had a mouthful of jelly deal, I think you'll find. He, he said this trying, morning. He was trying not to vomit. the most disgusting thing he's ever eaten. I can't believe he fell for me asking him to eat something in front of uh, uh, the person he was interviewing. Yes, but the person he was interviewing was selling the jelly was deal. Was the jelly deal? So conveyancing person, yeah. She probably would have dobbed him in if he just pretended to. She probably eat would have done, it. yeah. She probably would have done. Poor Alex. Yes. I hope the voice carries on breaking. I wonder he's, where is he now swimming to the horizon? Yeah, exactly. That'll be what he's doing this afternoon. Now, uh, whilst on his jollies in Brighton, Dibble spoke to a lady who sold seafood. We know that. Anyway, we didn't catch her name, but she wins a Perry Award for her amazing American accent. Everybody yeah. comes down, what's jelly deals? Americans come in and where's the jelly deals? That's <laughs> <laughs> jelly deals. Yeah, having stopped in Dorset <laughs> to pick up the accent. Uh, do you think the way we mock our contributors and listeners yeah. uh, might backfire? No, no, because <laughs> I've made a career out of it. Seriously, I mean, you know, I used to have people on my overnight show just to humiliate them, and they loved it. They really enjoyed it. Self-flagellation. They do, yeah. Bit of S&M on the radio. They do, well, if you say so. <laughs> now, a favourite semi-regular award in the Perriers is the one for best impression. We go back to Brighton to a water sports instructor who wins the gong for best impression of a cheesy radio music DJ voice. Joe, days like today, weeks like this must be incredible for you guys, right? Oh, yes. All people coming on down to ride out on the ocean. The rolling waves coming in. Uh, it's a beautiful day. You're right, man. Picking people out on boats and stand-up paddleboards so that they might sun up and dunk in the sea. Hard to believe people exist like that, but if you are ever going to look for them, you can find them in Brighton. No surely, question. Surely he was stoned. I would think oh, you can't say that on national radio. Can't say. I don't think Oops. he was. I think he's just that sort of a you know bon viveur type. A surf dude. A surfing dude. Yeah, a he was talking in dude. surf language. Yeah. Yeah. He did say kayak man. He did say man a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. In fact, he said man powered um, waterboarding or something like yeah, that. You accused him of sexism. Yeah, I did. Well, because yeah. he didn't say woman powered. I've not, obviously mixed up now water sports and waterboarding. I'm sorry about that. That's because um, <laughs> we were talking about torture earlier. It's easily done. <laughs> torture of the Can ears. You imagine turning up to this guy's sort of, you know, water sports centre and going, I'd like some waterboarding, like please. Book, book in but it's also, it's all these words. Like my daughter went wakeboarding for the first time. We were talking about it yesterday, so that was obviously in my mind as well. Wake Do you know what wakeboarding is? No, it's, no idea. It's a bit like water skiing, but you're on a board. So you're kind of on a skateboard behind a boat. And you're trying to stand while you hold onto a rope. Presumably, it doesn't have wheels. Uh, <laughs> Be a bit the, pointless. No, to have the skateboard. I don't think the boat has wheels either. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Skateboards have wheels. Yeah, but you surfboards mean... don't. It's like a surfboard. Yeah, but you With... said skateboard. Well, anyway, like let's a... move on. Yeah, okay. Let's move All on. Right. I think you're confusing your skateboards. And I think I'm confusing you. Snow ones. Yeah, it's easily done. Snowboard. I'm easily confused. Now, our <laughs> contributors are sweeping up the periods this week. David Phillips, ah. the director of My Wi-Fi, who we spoke to yesterday, wins the award for Best Actor for this very convincing laugh. £30 a month. £30 a month. Oh, £30 a month, sorry. 
Yeah. It says thirty pounds a year in the piece of the Times. I thought that was quite cheap. <laughs> Doesn't you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my laugh didn't yeah. sound much better. Your laugh was very fake there, actually. <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Uh, so that was a fake laugh, convincing laugh, and finally, uh, not remotely embarrassed to say, I have won the Perrier for Excellent. shutdown of the week for this moment yesterday. Right, and he wants a republic, and I don't want anything to do with people like him who want to say what I should live under because I don't think he's right either. Yeah, but you have to show him a bit of respect. Why? Because otherwise, why does he, he have to show I, you any? Well, why? Why? Well, he said he didn't think I was very bright. I didn't. I didn't object to that. I told him I agreed with him. Well, yeah, but that's not a matter of opinion. That's no. a matter of fact. Is it? I like the music. Though. Very good. That made me sound quite cool. Yes, no, very good. I think you should you clip that and play it to your children later. Yeah, exactly. As you, as you should. Marvelous. Right, that is it. There will be more next week, of course. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Well, that was great. I think oh, they're getting fun. better and better every that week, was the Perrier Awards, because it's always nice to give out loads to lots of other people. Yeah. And we had lots of very good contributors this week as well. Well, I now, wonder if we should get them sponsored and actually get an award. That's a good idea. Well, who could sponsor it? Chocolate. Oh, uh, any number of people we yeah. could get to sponsor it. Maybe some Belgian beer. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.